Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. And to everyone who listens to us, it must be like kind of a relief to listen to this podcast and be like, it's Friday, you it's know, Friday. The day has a meaning. I love it. Uh, I have to say also what's really cool about this week is that I'm back shooting Dave. Oh, yay. How's that going? And it's so cool and fun. It's uh, it's just really nice to be like back on set with everybody. Although I will say I have lost like all social skills and <laughs> And in addition to that, I don't know how to manage my energy anymore. I am so used to not do like I will do one thing a day now. And so the idea of like a 12 hour shoot day to my like system can hardly handle it. So I'll like shoot all day one day and then the next day fully hibernate and just not be a real person. But it's so nice. It's so fun. And season two is going to be so good. So anybody listening who is a fan of Dave, like, ugh. I can't wait for you to see this. It's going to be great. I'm so excited um, to see it. Um, and you guys are all, everything's okay as far as, you know, COVID and everything. The protocols are, are working. Yeah. The protocols are working. I will say that we need to give, you know, every hair and makeup person a huge bottle of tequila after this because they are required to wear two cloth masks on their face Oof. and then a shield on top of that. And they can't see like <laughs> it's so I feel so bad for them, especially if we're outdoors. The, the glare on the, sh- the face shield prevents them from like seeing our faces. And so and it's on top of that impossible to hear them. So oh, man. like he could be like Pavi, our wonderful hairstylist could be like asking me a question. And I'll just be like, I don't I don't know. But they're testing us around the clock and everybody there's a whole team dedicated to like making sure everybody uh is physically distancing which is really important and yeah. like kind of hard to for to remember when you're multitasking so it's really great and they're very kind about it even Aww. though that job sounds like it sucks they're so great so yeah i think you know it's not easy but it, i do feel safe when i'm there all things considered which is good that's good i like hearing about all the inside you know nuggets about that kind of stuff because it is really hard on everybody and it's nice to hear that like everyone's working together to do that yeah, and I'm coming in a little late, so I think that the, you know, a lot of the crew has found their sea legs in terms of how to navigate all of that stuff. Um, it's really bananas to see, like, the camera operators have a shield, but then they have a hole cut out of the shield for their eyes to, like, go on the camera, and the camera, oh my like, God. inserts into it, Alyssa. It's really <laughs> bananas. It's crazy. So it's it's a whole different world. And not to mention, you also just can't, it's really hard to identify people, so now everyone's yeah. walking around with name tags. Oh, that's great. And if an actor has their mask off, which we like barely ever do, everybody has to have additional face shields on. And some people are using like uh, friggin' like ski sh- masks and like all of these. Or like, what do you what do you wear when you go on like like dirt biking? 
Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's basically like a helmet. They'll, like, wear basically helmets all around, and everybody looks like Power Rangers. Oh, my it's God. It's crazy. But I'm so yeah. happy to be back, and the, it's so funny and special, and it's just nice to be around people, even though I'm weird now. I'm just a weird person who doesn't know how to interact with anybody. But it's great. So I just wanted to say that. That's awesome. Um, eyes peeled for season two, everybody. We're so excited Ooh. for it. Um, uh, okay. A bunch <clears throat> of shit happened this week. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it light and funny, but I will not lie that I am pretty annoyed and at, you know, at times angry about all this dumb fucking shit that is ruining <laughs> the content that we love to relax with. Like, <laughs> if everyone could just keep their dumb mouths shut and not cast people who are problematic, perhaps I could relax a little. <laughs> is that so much to ask? Anyway. Um, Chris Harrison really just took the torch from A-Rod. Nobody even remembers what was going on with A-Rod anymore. (laughs) And, you know, really just showed his full ass to Rachel Lindsay in an interview. Um, (laughs) I watched this, like, full, like, 13-minute debate. It's unfortunate. Um, I think we have, you know, sort of seen behind the scenes what happens in the casting process and how the bachelor's leaders feel about what their responsibility to sort of vet these problematic people is and it's apparently it's apparently that they none nothing they think it's like on the contestant to deal with it um Mm -hmm. I think as if it was an accident that the contestant became famous in the first place as if they had nothing to do with giving said problematic person a huge stage and microphone like that's not that has nothing to do with them um so basically what happened for those of you who didn't see is that Rachel Lindsay you know did an interview on extra with Chris Harrison and she was asking all the questions about Rachel on Matt's season that we've all been asking ourselves quite frankly And he just sort of both sides the whole thing. He, in my opinion, like belittled Rachel's concerns. He had the audacity to say that in 2018, you know, going to an antebellum party or dressing up in, you know, problematic costumes wasn't, that wasn't how people thought of it, you know? So why in 2021, sure, but that's not what people were thinking in 2018. (laughs) And Rachel was like, no, like, that's actually not true. You know, um, he also just straight up said she asked him, like, what is the show going to do about this? And he basically said, you know, it's not our responsibility to answer every question you have and called people on social media crazy and said, like, that's what social media is for, is linking all these separate things and then co- putting them together and coming up with an insane theory. He said, like, I saw people saying that she was a Republican. I mean, like, let's take a step back here. And I'm like, bro, do you understand that our country is literally going through a Senate trial of an insurrection? <laughs> like, I don't this is not like the John McCain, like Republican Party. Like, what are we talking about here? You're so tone deaf to what the culture is right now and your yeah. audience is very much like having an issue with this at at the very least you should care about that yeah that's that's one of the many elements of this that I found absolutely bonkers is just like the complete lack of like logic and empathy and everything that a good human being should possess in this interview was very present but then also the lack of awareness of how uh yeah how 
fucked up everything he was saying would be to the fans of The Bachelor. Like he he really felt it was he was just having such a big soapbox moment and in a way that suggested what he was saying was not controversial. And I was like, you got to what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I don't I I was very very surprised by the whole thing. Obviously more disappointed than anything and just like incredibly bummed out just get getting that notification and being like Chris Harrison made an apology for it. I was like no Chris just keep being stupid and harmless and running this show and don't run it into the ground by making it stand for something that we can't believe in like we can't support this and so to come out guns a blazing in this interview so relentlessly offensive was just really disappointing I just dude. think like they're so lucky to have Rachel Lindsay who wants to keep putting energy into asking these questions and they're lucky that she has a background as a lawyer so she's actually really good at it and she's very good at staying calm while he's saying like really belittling upsetting aggravating things to her face and she's also doing the thing which I think a lot of women do where she's trying to be like no I actually I actually agree with you on that but like she's trying to be nice to him so maybe something will get through and I just I've been in that position before and I, I, it makes me so upset to watch her have to do that with him. And I just, I just think that there's this idea that like, he thinks he's talking about semantics and that he's like kind of tired of having to deal with like learning new things about what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. And he doesn't realize that there's actual real life human consequences for these kinds of ideas in society like people are harmed because of them Mm -hmm. and it's just unfortunate (laughs) to see that he wouldn't just listen to her you know like even if he does think that you don't have to you don't have to like belittle her and talk down to her and insist that like everyone's crazy like you could just listen and be like you know what we're gonna try to do better you know yeah and to, and everything that he was saying about in defending the Rachel from this current season, the person who we they were talking about, was to say, was already defending her that she's suggesting she didn't need to learn anything in the same way that he didn't need to learn anything. And there was no discussion to be had. He was like, everybody calm down, coming after this girl. I feel so bad for this girl. There was no even like... Well, there's people make mistakes and we learn and we grow. It was like not even suggesting that anything wrong had been done. And therefore, there wasn't a conversation to be had. He basically was like, calm down. This is not a real thing. And that's the worst possible fucking thing you could do, man. Just fucking listen and be like or and if you really if you really want to defend this girl who at that point hadn't made any sort of uh, public announcement, then like. I don't know. I can't even really wrap my head around that hypothetically, actually. I just to say, like, <laughs> I will say in a, you know, in a little bit lighter tone, she did post something on social media. It was a pretty good apology. Um, and then she did post something essentially like standing with the other women of The Bachelor who are um, women of color sort of condemning what Chris was saying, which was kind of an interesting move. She storied that. Yeah. Um, I, look, I think in these situations, it's like an apology is the right first step. And then it's up to you to like show us that you really do believe that, that it was a huge mistake and you're sorry. Exactly. You know, and Which like I don't have to be like, it's statement. great. It's all good. Yeah. No problem. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was very ironically. It reminded me of um, 
the Hannah B uh, situation where she gave an apology that was like, if you're a fan of me right now and you want to help me, I need you to like not forgive me and not come to my defense. I just need you to be present while I like try to be better. So the, the idea being like, this is my apology, but this is not, I don't need anybody else to be uplifting me just for doing this. I need to prove it to you with like growth and with my actions in the future. And this is just step one of many. Um, and this by no means means that I'm done or that this conversation is over and like everything is forgiven for me personally or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm also just like aggravated with The Bachelor this week because they're treating us like we're a bunch of fucking idiots. Like <laughs> really like you really think like Heather would just show up to the security grate and be like, hi, I'm Heather. Can I come in? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Heather. Is Chris Harrison here? I'm Heather. I just. Uh... I don't know, man. And them being like, okay, let's just like quarantine. We'll put her in quarantine and then we'll like cut to her balancing a pizza box on her. I just don't like, what are we doing? Did you run out of footage? Like, isn't there enough problems happening in the house? It just was insulting to me. Yeah, did we already throw it? It was also, I'm tired of the, uh, this like throwing new girls into the mix like device that they're doing. And it's like, that gets, that's annoying. The the clips of the women looking at the door and being like, who is that? Like, I'm over it. I don't need that anymore. That makes no sense. <laughs> I think it's so stupid. Um, and speaking of stupid, I thought that this fucking date with Katie was so insulting. It made me so mad. I don't like in reality TV when someone who is, like, enjoyable to be around and is maybe kind of silly or kind of a goof becomes, quote unquote, funny to everyone else. It happens on Love Island all the time. They're like, oh my God, he's so funny. And they're not funny. They're not funny. And I'm sorry, Katie has a lot of wonderful things. I think Katie is really great. But the way that 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 Matt and then the internet is touting her as like a comedy genius makes me want to throw my laptop out a window. <laughs> Wait, She's not funny. Is the internet doing that? That makes me so yes, upset. There's so oh, I know, man. Alyssa. That's what I'm saying to you. This is a this is a this is a big deal. Oh no! Are I know gonna, that- there's like rumors that she's gonna be the next Bachelorette, and if they start to pitch her to us as the funny Bachelorette, I'm oh. gonna I might like not watch. No, <laughs> like, I no, I couldn't. That, and that that'll be the final straw after all of the corruption, yeah. after this fucking <laughs> horrible Chris Harrison interview, after all of the terrible casting. Katie being touted as a clown. I will not stand for it. I'm out. I and I think she's a fun girl, and there's a fucking difference, you guys, and you know it. And I am getting defensive. No, I'm so frustrating to me. And then for fucking Matt to be like, Katie is so funny. Oh my god, she's so funny. She was saying like, oh, rub the massage roller on Tyler C's head. Isn't that silly? Also, I'm going to dump her because I don't respect her. Like, I can't deal. It was such a weird, sad date that was infuriating to me that also, like you said, insulted my intelligence. Uh, The whole whole episode was just friggin' stupid. Stupid. I just feel like that we always get to a point in the season where someone on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is like, this isn't about fun and games anymore. This is serious. And like, if you're even having a little, like, remember they did that to fucking Kelly on Peter season, who he ended up with, where he was there. She was like, why can't we have fun? And then she's like, you yes. know, they're like, go home. Like, you're not being yeah. serious. And a big part of dating is having fun. OK, anyway, <laughs> fuck this show. Clean up your act. There better be a fucking worldwide apology tour. Stop casting racist people and get more actual funny girls in there. 
There's anyway. plenty of actual funny girls, and there's plenty of harmless dumb people. You know, stop casting the harmful dumb people. That's what I'm not here for. Find find the the silly people that want to be on this show. There's plenty of them. Just do that. And if you want to cast funny girls, uh, we're right here. It's tableflippingpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm sorry. Wait, are you trying to go on The Bachelor now? <laughs> I should, if I had to do it there's a problem. in the name of comedy, I would do it. I would do it for the name of of com- I believe in the art of the joke, okay? I, I will also, it. speaking of a joke, I don't think that this man is funny, but I thought that this tweet was funny. Nick Vial tweeted during the uh, episode of The Bachelor, and he was like, I'm sorry, but Hannah B is a straight-up bad friend. If she is like, if she thought that Heather was a good match for Matt, why didn't she just give Heather, his phone number. Yeah. The idea, like Heather coming on and being like, hey, Chris, Hannah B is one of my best, best friends in the world. And she said I had to meet Matt. So here I am. I oh, drove God. to Farmington and now I'm here. It's like that makes Hannah B a bad friend. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh. <laughs> That's oh, pretty man. good. Um, should we do Salt Lake City? I would love to talk about Salt Lake City. Okay, what give me your thoughts. Let's do some happy cast. thoughts because I'm so mad and we're going to be more mad later on in the episode. So let's do some I happy know. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. I thought the set, so fun and cute. Yeah. <laughs> like the snow theme and they were all around like a little fake like bonfire mm-hmm. I think was darling. I love the I love the aesthetic. I love the snowflake moments. It's great. I also thought the women looked beautiful. I thought their looks were really cool and varied. I have to comfort Lisa Barlow's hands just covered in self Oh, yeah. And so she's funny. gesturing so much and it's so obvious and eye-catching and other than that she looked stunning so I was like you someone doesn't like you maybe and didn't warn you about your hand and how do you not see it I don't know do you do you use self-tanner ever I don't because I've read too many articles about how it can change your DNA and I don't know if that's true or not I know it's really bad (laughs) I've changed your DNA yeah Yeah, there's like bad chemicals in um it. But you know, like a lot of people are fine. Like plenty of women, you know, use self-tanner and their DNA seems to be fine. So, uh maybe it's I not that know. big of a deal. Um I don't know. I wow. do go to Sugared and Bronze and I have always wanted to try their like, you know, spray tan situation because it does look really cool, but um no, I haven't. I haven't done it. I also like tan pretty easily, so I can be outside for like a 20 minutes and get a tan so yeah I am that way too so I just have never really gone into that realm but man that you're really blowing my mind you also it should be clear to you guys Alyssa blew my mind about collagen powder a few weeks ago and now <laughs> I'm really passionate about it I was like I'm thinking about getting collagen powder this seems like something Alyssa would know about and then she sent me these podcasts that blew my fucking mind and it's all a sham and it's so it makes me so sad and then every time I mentioned this on the podcast last week every time I I see Chloe Kardashian like pushing a collagen powder. I want to scream. Uh, so, okay. If collagen anyone powder wants to ruined. wean themselves off of the money they're spending on collagen powder, you can listen to season two of The Dream. There's literally like a whole episode about collagen power- powder and how like Goop and Alex Jones are selling the same shit to different markets. And it's it's shocking. And so, it's bullshit. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong. There's like they talk about the difference between like studies that prove the benefits of having collagen and like getting it somehow but it's like impossible to get reap the benefits from a powder of it like it just makes no sense <laughs> um and i really want it to be true i love powders are you kidding throw it in a smoothie i love that but it doesn't work you guys okay i'm spiraling okay salt lake city i had a moment where 
we're we're all coming for Jen Shaw. She's obviously always flying off of the handle and all of the women are usually ganging up on her trying to get her to like see the error of her ways, which I'm all about. But at one point, it just sort of comes up as a just on the side as as a side topic that during the beginning of the season, Jen got really fucked up and was really angry and like created this whole scene. And then Heather made sure that she like got in a car and like safely got home. And everyone was like, and you never even said thank you to Heather for that. And Jen was like, oh, yeah, I mean, thank you, Heather. I do. I um, I appreciate that. I, I, I appreciate that. That is I didn't say I didn't say thank you. And I'm sorry. And did it just sort of in a very casual tone. And Andy and Heather were like, that was not genuine. That was so you're a psychopath and like ripped her apart. And you guys, I rewound the show because I thought it was kind of a fine apology. And I was like, again, as I mentioned, I'm losing my social skills. I was like, am I now because I interact with so few humans losing my like gauge of what is a genuine moment or not because I thought that that was a fine apology but as you pointed out before we started recording the event itself did happen over a year ago so she did have plenty of time to say thank you or sorry yeah I feel like they were more so calling out like the um, platform on which she decided to do it like she could have shot Mm. her a text or something after watching the episode this entire time she said nothing and then they're like oh okay you're just trying to be genuine on the episode but I didn't disagree with you my first read on that was like oh that was a nice apology and then (laughs) when Andy was like come on I was like oh maybe we read the energy wrong I know I was like he's there and I trust Andy but I just I can't I I really thought that what was fine yeah she's also so clueless about so many things that you can't you can't really hold her feet to the fire for every single thing that she misses because it then we're just not gonna we're just really not gonna get anywhere what did you think about the reunion um I liked that they all brought it fashion wise whether I agreed with what they were wearing or not uh not a fan of this hairstyle on Jen Shaw I don't think um Mm. I do like I do like that we're putting rhinestones in our hair again that feels remember Mm. those like velcro rhinestones that you could get from like limited two when you're a kid no am I the only one who put velcro rhinestones in my hair I put (laughs) rhinestones that were like little like they were like little swirls and oh yeah those two and then you would twist those into your hair but I don't remember velcro there were ones that like had a velcro back and you could rip them off and then you would like fasten them in your hair basically I don't know I probably Hmm. lost a lot of hair from doing that, but um, uh, I thought it was good. I really, um, you know, everyone's looks were great. I, one thing I want to say is that Brooks Marks is 21 years old. He's not a child and he had a fucking confessional on a Bravo show. So everyone can just calm down about like, quote unquote, coming for Meredith's child. Like he's an adult man. (laughs) Yes, that's such a good point. Oh, my God. Yeah, I that's a really good point. Um, But I'm excited to see where this all goes. I'm excited to like put Mary on the hot seat about her church. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I also thought it was really uh, Mary was like, my hair was bad. My hair was bad. And I'm really embarrassed about it. I didn't have like my person who normally does my hair with me on set. And I apologize. I'm going to do better. It was such Uh, a sincere moment. It's also like such a human thing to be like. Oh, that yeah, I'm not proud of that, you know? Like yeah, I wish I, it was I different. I thought it was so it was so just like authentically honest of her and did to not get defensive when it was a mean comment from a fan. And he yeah. was like, "People are asking why your hair was fucked up." And she was like, "Yeah, it was bad. I I don't I'm not proud of it and I I'm going to do better." And she looked great at the reunion. 
And I don't envy the position that these women are in being on camera all the time and responsible for the way that they look. Like, I, ugh, that gives me so much anxiety. It takes a fucking village to make me even halfway presentable on camera. I can't imagine being filmed as much as these women are being filmed and like doing your own hair and makeup all the time. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. Not to mention you're not surrounded by people who like really want you to look your best. Yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, okay, so how are you liking Summer House? I feel like there's a lot for you in this show and I want to know like what your feelings are so far. I am really enjoying it because it's it's riling me up in a – like I said earlier, a harmless way. Like it doesn't, I'm getting, I'm. it's the good sort of angst that I like to get when watching a reality show. Not the like, oh my God, I think that society in our country is crumbling and I don't, I can't like stand for right. this. I would yes. rather be like, all fuckboys should be held in a public court like this with these two women comparing notes. <laughs> I hate fuckboys. They're awful. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm into. I uh, I was going to ask you if this felt, because this is my first season, and it does feel, um, it's funny that they can't have anybody coming in from the outside, and it's funny that they're, like, doing their jobs around each other. So that's not normally the vibe, right? Um, yeah, so normally they work in the city during the week. They, like, do their job. They do Loverboy. You know, Lindsay does her whatever PR shit she does, everything. And then they drive to the Hamptons together for the weekend. And it's, like, party, party, party as much as you can. And then back in the city on Monday. Um, okay. And uh, normally, like, they can hook up with other people. Or they can spend the night out at, like, someone else's house, which we don't ever see. We just see who they bring to the house but like I'll never forget when Lindsay was into Carl like and they were sort of trying out dating he like fully asked a Barry's boot camp instructor out in front of her in the class that she was taking and that's like very triggering to me so oh my god yeah um so yeah it's a lot more confined you know normally we would see them go get espresso martinis at the like local bar in the Hamptons I missed that okay. aspect of it but I think they were doing a pretty good job so far yeah, it felt uh, Tony was watching a little bit with me and he was like, I don't understand. Do they know each other? Like, why are they all? It felt to him, I think, at first from just like the peripheral, like a, a big brother show or like, and I, like we're throwing all these people in a house and we're making them say this is an experiment. And I was like, oh, no, they're just friends and they have to stay in the house because of COVID. And now they're all sort of trapped. I am having a real tough time with Lindsay. Yeah, I <laughs> think she sucks and I I was so infuriated by this like plot that she is going to like be mean to and seemingly break up with her boyfriend because he's working all the time, like quote unquote working all the time. And like honey, it's his job. Like he has a job at a yeah. real, and it sounds like his he works in hospitality, and his business is like totally struggling in the pandemic, which sucks. And I like kind of wanted to hear more about that. I was like, how are what are they how are they pivoting? Like, what's going on with this guy's business? And he's on his computer and he's working, and she'll walk in and be like, "Don't you want to spend time with me? Don't you want to come party?" And he's like, "I'm working. I'm. I mean, you could bring me a drink. Like, I could be drinking with you guys. I'm just like working." And then she's like, oh, "He asked me to bring him a drink," and I was like this bitch I hate her yeah in her, I hate her, in her too. talking head she was like call me crazy but I want to spend time with my boyfriend and I was like girl I will call you crazy your boyfriend has to work I don't like this at all I just I'm you know that I'm in a bad place with a female character when I start asking Mike like 
can do you find any of her attractive like do you find her face attractive do you find her hair attractive do you find her personality attractive like i just can't imagine any men being into any of this and it's like that's not a nice thing to say <laughs> like that is really very anti-woman of you which is not usually the place that i'm coming from and so that's how you know that i really don't like anything she does on the show but oh my god this girl okay you keep going keep going i will say that um she does create a lot of like good conflict so I appreciate that from her. That's my one nice thing I'll say from Lindsay. <laughs> this this woman is literally making me scream at the TV, go make him a sandwich. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, can you make me a sandwich? She's like, can you believe he asked me to make him? And I was like, literally, go make your boyfriend a sandwich. Yeah, like maybe you'll You're be working mean. and you'll need a sandwich. Sometimes and people's workloads are girl. uneven, you know? Yeah. And you're but you take care of each other like it doesn't ha- and like the the two options aren't like working or hanging out with you and like it's not for you to take it so personally you're that's as awful I thought she's just like really really grinding my gears I can't I yeah can't even deal with um, it it appears from the trailer that she's gonna have sex with Luke eventually so that's exciting to me. I am I, grateful that she will do that. <laughs> yeah, that's we appreciate the role that you're playing, but we also don't agree with anything you stand for. I can't believe. Have I talked? Have I gone on a tirade about how much I hate men wearing bracelets? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate men wearing bracelets. I don't I think maybe like one like listen, if you got like a fucking like live strong sort of thing that you wear I but but like a bunch of beaded bracelets or like a giant leather cuff or the worst, which is both of those combined is I can't, I can't even, I can't even think it makes me so upset. And so finding out halfway through this episode that Luke makes bracelets, is that his business? Oh yeah. He like welds metal together. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop. And guess that what? Hannah gave him been... free. Hannah works in like digital marketing and she made free videos for him. So <gasps> fucking. For his bracelets? Yes. Uh, for his Instagram yeah, yeah. for his bracelets. So insane. That could not have been like more written for me to loathe him. Like watching him just completely emotionally manipulate two beautiful and smart women in this house while building a little desk so he could make his fucking bracelets for his bracelet business. I can't Here's the thing. Deal. I very much enjoyed that conversation between the two of them. I thought it was thrilling to watch. Um, yeah. What's her name? Sierra? She's new. Sierra. Sierra. And mm-hmm. Hannah talk to each other. I've seen some people on the internet being like, whoa, Hannah needs to chill. Like, they were not in a relationship. And those people have never had this done to them. And to mm-hmm. them, I would say, and to all of the people who are doing this to other women right now, don't invite people <laughs> To meet your fucking family if you're not dating them. Especially not in another state. And I have had this done to me. And mm-hmm. I hope that someday the person who did this to me hears me say the line was drawn at not inviting me over for dinner with your family. Okay? That's my beef with this whole situation. You can fuck around and fuck other women and talk to whoever and whatever. But when you're when you're being like, hey, come to Minnesota and meet my fam. Like, that's a problem. That's what girlfriends do. I don't. I also don't. I can't. Part of what's putting myself in those shoes 
if I where what how what do you have to feel about a person to want them to meet your family and not want them to be your official partner? I That's what know. I can't compute. I don't want my boyfriend <laughs> to even meet my family. Like yeah. I don't even want that for them. But I like so the idea. I don't understand like where in the Venn diagram those two places where you're like, oh, I I don't want this girl to be my girlfriend, but I would like to fly her home to meet my mother. And I why? What is the motivation there? What is that? I Both no of these idea. women had met his mother. That's it's all, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's also just like pull back, like talk to one of them a little less. Like you could still, if you if you're not quite sure and you're not quite in a relationship, I guess it's your prerogative to have one as an option or whatever. But like not fully both of them as an option the whole time. I just have so many problems with this. The hubris of the of like wanting to being able to have basically two or more girlfriends and feeling the good parts of that without being consumed with anxiety and fear is like what how do you think you're invincible do you (laughs) think think you're a god you must right because I would I would if I had two boyfriends I would be panicking about it all the time I don't see the benefit of having two boyfriends I mean I I guess in theory you could see the benefit of having two boyfriends but I wouldn't be able to enjoy it because I would just be freaking out and this guy could not be more relaxed making his bracelets it's (laughs) good just so relaxed I think that what was a little I like had my eye out for this because I have seen friends in this situation where they get together to compare notes about a guy who has been talking to them at the same time, right? And yeah. I was scoping and antici- I was anticipating that there was going to be a little bit of the, but who was really the more special one of the two of us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a little present, I felt, for Hannah, or at least in this edit for Hannah, with her being like, I just want you to know I've never heard your name before this. Like, I just need you to know that we, and like going into such detail about how they were dating. And yeah. like, there was a little bit of this, like, you're coming into an existing relationship with me and Luke, and it's not the opposite. And he's fucking us both over, and we could both share notes, and we could, should both go after him for this. We, you definitely have every right to do that. But there was still a, like, possession over him that I felt like she was expressing that made me feel bad. Um, which I could see doing. It would be, you know, just sort of a self-preservation thing to still, you don't want to be made a fool of. And yeah, I mean, I think she's yourself fully you still into more special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that this is over at all, and I don't think it will be over this season, to be honest with you. Have you had a moment like this, though, where then – even after the shit hits the fan like it is now, that you're still into the guy? Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I fully was told to duck in a car when we drove past someone's ex-girlfriend, and I still was into that person. Are you kidding me? Oh, the amount of God. windows I've climbed out of at 5 in the morning so people won't see me. Like, come on, Taylor. What do you think? Why do you think oh, I'm a funny God. girl? Like, come on. <laughs> like, oh, it's because I've been hurt deeply by many men. <laughs> Do I have good judgment? No. (laughs) You're like, do you think you have good dating judgment? No, I've been to therapy for many years. Oh my god! Um, So yeah, no, totally. Mike Levin. Yeah, thank God for Mike. Like (laughs) putting up with my broken fucking bullshit, you know. Oh my God, anyway. Hannah! You need to go find your mic. You need to find a good, great guy She'll who loves it. She'll you. Find it. She's smart. She I will. feel like this is like the down. We're t- trending downward on the end of this Luke relationship. You know, 
Yeah, and like, what is, what's the deal here? I mean, the hot lumberjack thing can only go so far with me. I He's don't, not, I don't yeah. get it. He's, He's not, not all that. that. He's not all that. Yeah, not all that. All right, should we get into um, what our episode is this week? Yes. Yes, please. Um, Guys, we're going to talk about the Framing Britney Spears documentary, just the two of us. And we have so <laughs> many thoughts, and we're very excited to share them with you. But first, we're going to take a little break, probably play a Britney Spears song right here. And uh, come back. Uh, wow. Okay, we have so much to get into. First of all, I need I need everybody to know that Alyssa is is the biggest Britney Spears fan I have ever met, <laughs> ever. And part of that is is already knowing so much about everything that this documentary dove into and, like, being the number one defender and, like, really, really coming for to her help and to be able to talk about this with you is an honor. Oh, yay! I'm so excited. Um, I... Um, I know this documentary was really dark. Obviously, there's a lot of dark topics in it. But I'm also so thrilled that, like, they're presenting Britney in the way that I've always seen her, which is a legitimate artist who's an icon, mm-hmm. you know, and who mm-hmm. means so much to her fans. Like, Wesley from the New York Times, he's a critic, I think, um, he say, describing her as, you know, this was never about the sex appeal for her fans. It was about seeing a girl who's like in control of herself and seeing mm-hmm. how cool that was. Like that is how I've always felt about Britney Spears. Like I actually, you know, it wasn't until I was an adult that I like understood that guys would like masturbate to her because she's hot, <laughs> you know, like I know that sounds really <laughs> stupid of me, but it was always so about, you know, me and my friends and like, being confident and cool and commanding and like you know magnetic the way that Britney is yeah. and that's what yeah, I her that's presence what, and so I'm so glad that like a huge part of this documentary was about that you know and why mm-hmm. people were so dedicated to her and why there's this connection with her fans and I think it's it's even more magnified because in so many ways, like, first of all, I don't think that we realized, you know, the violent misogyny that was happening in the culture as we were watching this as kids. And so you're kind of unpacking, like, how did that shape the way Britney was viewed and how did that shape the way I viewed myself as a woman? But also, Mm -hmm. like, you know, as I get older, I'm like, oh, she's like a weirdo and she's kooky and she's fun and she's goofy. And that's, she's not the popular girl necessarily, you know, like Mm -hmm. she's beautiful, but she's also like weird, like the rest of us. And she likes to goof around. She's not afraid to like make crazy faces on a very public stage and like just have a good time. And I really think that like people connect with that. And I think they also connect with, you know, her story of, trauma and being in an Mm -hmm. abusive situation I think a lot of survivors are fans of Britney Spears because they relate to that I think you know you remember the leave Britney alone uh kid yeah I think he like called that out in that moment and a lot of people who love her you know felt that but maybe didn't have the vocabulary to describe it yet because we didn't talk about mental health very much Mm -hmm. um I just think there's so much 
more to her than the way that she's been presented to a lot of people. And so, like, I don't fault people for for feeling like, oh, she's just a frivolous pop star because that's what has been repeated over and over and right. over again. That's what people are being told to think. Yeah. And so that is how she has been compartmentalized for a big part of society and that's been that's has everything to do with the current state of her conservatorship and the way that it functions has she's just so isolated and is the we're being presented with a story that is going to make us forget about her that's the whole plan I will say that Um, my relationship to the free Britney movement has been I've been hesitant right because there's a lot these days about you know misinformation on social media and I try to be someone who has you know, a good um, literacy as far as sources are concerned. Um, And I never want to be spreading things that like aren't true and contributing to something that could potentially have hurt someone's life when I don't know the situation. I'm not in their life. Right. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, like, so Felicia, I've heard about on other Britney podcasts and people seem to think that she's like a true ally to Britney. And when I heard her, when I saw her on the documentary, I just like, burst into tears because I was like this is all really happening and like it's correct and all -hmm. the things I saw on Instagram are real and and now someone is actually doing something about it in a way that we can trust you know like the New York Times is a credible source for the most part Mm -hmm. like yeah so I just it really like hit me like oh my god all the things that the fans were doing to try to like point out this abuse it's actually working and gaining momentum. So like good for the people who have been championing this situation. Yeah. Well, and it's it's important too to know like I when I first heard about the free Britney movement, I I took it for, you know, I, I took it on the nose as like, oh, well, then we just need to get her out of this conservatorship that she's in and she needs to just like have complete control. And this documentary really exposes that there is like so much more to that and hearing that there that part of the free Britney movement is in fact just making sure that she has a say in the nature of her conservatorship. It isn't like a literally breaking her out of like her apartment in Las Vegas. It is like changing the current state of the situation and like giving her some sort of free will in the situation. So there's just so much more to it. And it's, it's, I, I hear what you're saying too, and that I've always felt like I don't want to make a judgment because we don't know what we don't know. Right. In, in terms of the exact details of so much that has to do with the state that she's in and like how and how she wants her life to be ran and how she wants to live. But what we do know and what this makes so clear is that we need to remove the fucking father from this situation. And it is insane to me that he ever had as much power as he did. And that is seems so simple and like you can't change my mind on that and I've said I'll also say about anyone in this situation there's good people out there but no one's dad should be in charge of them I'm sorry like you just should not be your dad you can have the best dad in the world he should not be in charge of your shit and the fact that the law has protected him to this point is really really disgusting to me and scary it's really terrifying what's happening to her and that could happen to other people and other young people who these laws aren't designed to help. Like we learn that no one gets out of a conservatorship. This is a, these are, these are regulations designed to help people who are senile. And by the who way, are the going woman to who die. said that, the lawyer who said that, she's in court yesterday defending Jamie Spears. She's his lawyer right Ugh. now. Yeah. Oh my so God. So I just think, you know, 
I, I will say, I can't, you know, I can't say a lot about my personal background with this, but I will say people don't become estranged from their parents by accident. It's not like a mm-hmm. frivolous thing that you just wake up one day and decide, I don't want to talk to my parents anymore. And the fact that multiple people say that Brittany's father is, you know, she doesn't have a strong relationship with him. I mean, it's, it's, you just have to as a I feel like in court that should be that should carry so much weight and it's just not it's not they're thinking of her of him as like a protector for her and And how can you do that how can you legally do that that's so fucked up to make the assumption in a court of law that as a matter of fact a parent will make the best decisions for their kid is so stupid it's so illogical I can't wrap my head around it. The other the other thing that's so mind-blowing like aside from everything that is so obviously vilifying about the father and the role that he's playing is that when this whole process started, Brittany had the opportunity to like get her own legal counsel and we see this guy in the interview and he's like I met with Brittany at the Beverly Hills Hotel. She expressed to me that she didn't want to fight the actual conservatorship like happening. She just didn't want her dad to be the person in charge like that was her whole fucking stance and when she was having this conversation with me she was completely present totally lucid absolutely in a state of mind that she could have had me as her legal counsel and it would have been perfectly fine and this man doesn't even get to like say a word in court because the court decides she's not even fit to pick her own lawyer and therefore gives her another lawyer and that to me is like i'm sorry so the does do what, how are we valuing, like, the bar system at this point? Yeah. Like, how are we valuing the logic? You're, so you're saying to me there's just some lawyers out there that, like, can't – I like, where where's the logic in that? It's so crazy. I don't get it. Um, it's bananas. I will say that I really enjoyed hearing that she was on her high school basketball team. I didn't know that. And <laughs> I've seen videos of her, like, putting up shots at her house, and she's pretty good. And I, and so now that makes so much sense to me. I was like, oh, she actually does have a real shot, which is cool. Um, and I just, I mean, looking back at the way, like, fully grown men interviewed her when she was 17 and the way that, like, mm. Diane Sawyer interviewed her. I mean, it's abusive. Like, what what are we doing trying to make a teenage girl cry about wearing, like, a tube top and saying, like, you're it's- a horrible... I, I personally, like, I feel grateful that I had someone who was strong and sexy and confident to look up to because it helped me feel like I could be strong and sexy and confident. And I obviously, like, you know, sex is complicated when you're a teenager. And I feel like there's a lot surrounding that. But feeling sexy, like feeling like you can look good and you're attractive and people you're like desirable. I feel like that's a really valuable thing, especially when you're going through puberty. And yeah, I, I don't know why people are so fucking scared of it. I mean, it's basically like she was supposed to go from being a child to being a mother and she never got to be like anything in between. And then she was a bad mother because she's like a whore. Like that's that's the perception of her. There's a really good book that I encourage everybody who is uh, into this documentary to read. And it's called Trainwreck by Sadie Doyle, who also has a, a really good Twitter to follow. But it really kind of goes through this exact timeline of taking looking at Britney and also looking at Lindsay Lohan and a lot of people like them and looking at the Rolling Stone 
photo shoot where she was like in this the in the same sort of uh hit me baby one more time like sexy schoolgirl look and that how big that blew up and how much we just chewed her up and ate her alive after that and these are things where this all everything is because of a big team of people telling her what to do and her her steering in a certain direction and then being punished for it right after. So you're right. It's like you you if you are single and then you're out at the clubs, then you're a whore. And then if you get married, you got married too fast and you're also a bad wife. And now you had a kid. Now you're also you're a bad mom because you we still fit like nothing that she did was right. Like nothing that she could do, which was always in response to the last thing that she was told was wrong. Like it was just a series of everybody calling her out and there's no, she just like never had a fucking chance. And we do this like time and time again, you look at fucking the transition from Miley Cyrus, from being Hannah Montana into like creating her own music and nothing that woman did could be right. And that's so all the while selling so many records. Like we're, we're pumping money into it. The hypocrisy of like pumping money into it and being told that this is what works and this is what we want to see. But all the while we actually want to call you a whore while you do it is created by Britney Spears. It's also just like devaluing, you know, things that are made for women. I, I, I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about this all the time on this podcast. Like, a lot of reality TV is marketed to women. And it's considered, like, stupid. You know, people think it's, mm-hmm. like, dumb. And so we all... And, and the same thing. Like, Britney Spears is for women. Like, marketed to women. And people think it's, like, less legitimate than, like, you know, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case. Like, I personally just don't agree. <laughs> and, like... Yeah. Uh, I, I think, like having people and you know this is something that we've since learned you know as time has gone by having seeing like Matt Lauer be part of shaping the narrative of what's acceptable for Britney Spears to do I'm like oh and now we know that you literally had like a rape button in your office to like lock people in and you lost your career and so what does it say about what we're telling society about what is and is not acceptable for women to do when those are the men asking the leading questions on national TV. Oh, like, yeah. It's it's just, I mean, to see the footage, too, of her at 10 years old being asked if she has a boyfriend and if she ugh. would be, if she would date the, like, gross-ass 65-year-old man asking her that. This, this woman is, it's being, you grow up being hyper, 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 hyper sexualized at such a young age. You're told that your sexuality is valuable. And then it within a second, you're told that your sexuality is everything wrong about you. And so what are you yeah. like? How are you even supposed to understand the world around you if you're constantly being told that everything that is powerful about you and valuable about you is also everything that makes you bad? Also, this is an interesting thing I read. Craig Ferguson in 2007 refused to do Britney Spears jokes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And he was yes. like, we still like, we we talked about it. There was no like not talking about it. But he was like, I, when all of this was happening to her in 2007, it was like my nine year anniversary of being sober. And I just like couldn't stomach the thought of like making fun of somebody who was suffering and, and in a way that is so horrible to wrap your head around. And he like worried about losing his job. 
He was like, I yeah. might be fired for not making fun of Britney Spears's spiral. And that's so I fun. mean, people saying like, you know, the for a long time, it was like Britney's crazy. And so, you know, it wasn't OK to be a fan of her. And I think that's ridiculous. I think the idea that we think some a woman wanting to shave her head is so crazy. Like that's I mean, I just like can't get behind that. You sh- If you want to shave your head, you should be allowed yeah. to shave your head. It's nobody else's business. Like the idea that like those pictures pictures of her where she beats the paparazzi's car with an umbrella now that we heard the backstory from the paparazzi's oh perspective that she was being denied access to see her children I would probably do the same thing I think most women going through that would probably have a violent reaction to being denied from seeing their babies um and the fact that it's like oh this is like a huge joke that we all make fun of is ridiculous and then On top of that, like, there's just less serious but still just as um, insidious rumors that are trying to discredit her. Like, when I went to go see her in Vegas a few years ago, people were like, she doesn't actually sing. She can't sing. And my response to that was, like, even if she's lip syncing, which is, first of all, hard to do for a couple hours professionally (laughs) in front of thousands of people, um, she's still dancing the entire time. She fucking kills the choreography, and I'm having a great time. And so there's this idea that, like, people shouldn't enjoy her because whatever was going on with her meant that she was singing to a track and that she doesn't actually have a good voice and, like, she uses autotune and all this shit. I think this documentary shows you she can sing. Like, I don't think you become a megastar like this unless no. you actually can read music and, and sing in tune. Um, but it's also just like, what are you trying to say by spreading that? That it's like not acceptable for me to enjoy this? Like, I don't it's, know. I just feel like it's It's bullshit. so easy to see. You're right. She's so enormously talented and she wouldn't be in this situation if she wasn't because you could see that, that there is that insane power and presence and it factor that she has from such a young age and this documentary shows that immediately several adults around her were trying to figure out how to make money off of it like from the very get-go this was her her presence and her power was was present (laughs) uh and to compare her career and exactly what you're saying the legitimacy of her talent to somebody like Justin Timberlake who I'm sorry is just as if not less talented than Britney Spears and yet we all fucking put him on such a pedestal we would like hand him to aliens if they came over and were like what's a good example of a human being we would be like take Justin Timberlake he's great he's not that fucking great you guys he's not but we're we're the whole system is built so that we could just like make him an absolute prince while being like mm, she's not that good she actually doesn't really she has this lip syncing and she doesn't she's just like not that talented she is so talented she is so talented it's dude i've tried to do so much of her choreography in quarantine and i've injured myself multiple (laughs) times like it looks pretty fucking easy until you throw your back out trying to do it you know i just i have so much respect and now it's one of the only tools she has left that she can like in terms of uh in terms of this fight i mean we saw that really really crazy her her she was supposed to announce her domination show and she just like walked into the car and refused to perform that's like the last thing that this woman can do and what and it's really this sounds so stupid i'll like get emotional saying it we're being robbed of her performing because of this whole thing we are being robbed of precious time in this like wonderful force of music's life because she's not performing because of this shit and she's so good she's so good she makes so many people happy and that's important yeah 
I just really, I mean, I, I'm always careful, like, not to put too much stock into one person because they're, people make mistakes, you know. But it is pretty astonishing that Britney has been this famous for this long. And she has such a spotless reputation as being, like, a wonderful, caring, bright light. Like, mm-hmm. people who, uh, celebrities who were just as famous as her, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Mariah Carey, who has so many beefs with people, yeah. never said a bad word about Britney Spears, you know. And I just think, like... It is unfortunate that, like, I think to myself all the time, wow, I might have seen the last time she ever performed, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's, I don't know. And people people are like, what's going on with her? Why is she so, why does she seem so weird on Instagram? Because she's living in an isolated, traumatic situation with no support from anyone who has her best interests. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why, you know? So don't make fun of that. Maybe question what is creating the scenario that she's in. Yeah. I it's just so I'm I I know that this was like it's a lot it's like a lot of dark shit to talk about but I'm so grateful that this conversation is being had in a way that many people can access it now not just like a niche corner of the internet I think it's really great it was really I it was really great to watch it with Tony and have him like learned so we both learned so much but then to have like a real conversation about this for hours afterwards about just how fucked everything that happened to her is and like what could have been done fucking differently and how it makes us look at everybody involved and I will also just I can't I can't do this episode without saying Obviously, her father is the is the fucking devil, and that becomes abundantly clear. But there is a space, a special spot in hell for that fucking paparazzi, like the and the disgusting smugness of his interview of being like, and you know, I just went up to ask her if she was okay, and it's fucking him going after her car and having the camera push up. It's like, Brittany, Brittany, how are you doing? Brittany, what is it like missing your kids? Brittany, are you like? I can't imagine being such a horrible leech excuse of a human being. It's awful. And that culture in and of itself for just all celebrities is bananas to me. It's so fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I want to say too, like he, he basically says like, Oh, she liked it at first. She liked the attention. I want to say, and I think I've said this before that when women are put in situations that are dangerous, sometimes the defense mechanism is to be nice. Yeah, Because often. you think that you will not be hurt. Yeah. And I've been in that situation on dates where I where I realized I didn't know the person that well and I went back to their house and I don't know what could happen to me. Like, I've, I've tried to be super nice and escape that way. And, like, I just think it's really important not to mistake someone being kind and asking nicely as encouraging you know, the paparazzi's behavior, Yeah, yeah, you know? 100%. So I just, I don't know. I feel like there's so much in this documentary that I previously didn't know, and I love this subject matter, and I know a lot about her and her career, and I know some about the conservatorship, but I, I just think they did a really good job, and it, it feels like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I Guys, if you haven't watched this, please go watch it. It's really important. It's it's really, really important. Because to go from knowing so little and getting, you know, and, and hearing all the different pieces of information from different places on the internet to getting it from this one condensed and very credible source and finally hearing it all in one place was really enlightening and very helpful to understanding the whole situation and oh my god you get to see the original like baby one more time choreography like performed in a mall tour yes. which is like so delightful <laughs> like it's just so i'm just like oh my god the like 
font and the moves and the look like is so iconic and they had it from the beginning before there was any money to be yeah. made like it's so it good is really like I, cool. I just like instant serotonin in my brain yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> um but yeah I'm like uh I really appreciate you taking this journey with me Taylor and I love that you take Britney as seriously as I do it's my favorite I she honestly I think she might be my favorite like musician um, Fuck yeah! I I just have like such an emotional attachment to her, and I think she's she's great. And this gives me hope that maybe her life will get. Better. I know, and we promise to try to you know keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening and report a little bit about it because it is still in the world of everything that Alyssa and I really care about, and it's not stupid. Yeah, it's important. It's important. <sighs> All right. All right. Well. <laughs> Sorry, this was kind of a like riled up episode, you guys. Uh, I know this podcast is supposed to be like fun and light, but sometimes, sometimes you can't help sometimes yourself to be a little real, riled, you guys. Okay, we're all we've all been there, but everybody have a very good and safe weekend, and uh, go listen to some Britney. 